On Writers Get Animated, we endeavor to make sure that every show is appropriate for all audiences. And this show, while the language is appropriate for all audiences, the subject matter, you may want to have your children not listen to this one. Because today we're talking about adult animation in the 70s and 80s. Stay tuned. Good morning, I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And I'm Chris Leva. And today on Writers Get Animated, comma, a podcast about animation and writing, comma, we're talking about adult animation, specifically in the 1970s and 1980s, and why it was so different, and why we should remember this stuff. And um, if your kids have not left the room yet, now's the time to make them leave the room. Not to throw over here anything if bad. If they're in the car, you should probably just listen to something else at this point, yeah. I think. Yeah. Don't make them leave the car. You're probably on your way <laughs> to send them to preschool or daycare or Don't make grade them leave school. the car. Don't make them leave the car. Like in the middle of the highway? That's what I'm saying. Don't, you don't want to do that. <laughs> just listen to something else. Okay. Okay, are, have all the children gone? Are they gone? Are they really gone? Are they listening through the vents? I'm going to assume the children are gone. Okay. Good assumption. So, adult animation. What does that mean? I was about to say that. <laughs> what does that mean? There we go. There we are. Um, what is adult animation? What makes it adult? What's adult subject matter? Um, what are ratings for adult things? What are ratings for kids things? We don't know. The lines get blurred. Let's talk a little bit. Here's a quick overview of the history to like place us in the 70s and 80s. We know what we're doing. So animation more or less starts <clears throat> 20s-ish. I mean, animation as, as we something know for the masses. Yeah. As something created for audiences projected in movie houses, mm -hmm. the 20s. And that's when we get such things that blur the lines of what animation is because there were no lines at the time. It's Betty Boop. Right. Betty Boop. The topless, topless Betty Boop. Um, and who enjoyed the company of a male slash dog, you know, escort. Person, pimp person yeah. thing. Yeah. Question mark. So. so we have animation before we knew who it was for. And then in the 60s, we decided it's for kids and families. Right. And so we have much more tame, toned-down animation. Even past the censorship of earlier. We go from, like, crazy, cross-dressing, smoking, violent Looney Tunes to the Flintstones. Which is about um, concept humor. And so in the 70s and 80s, we have people rebelling against that. And since then, we have bigger, more developed concepts of what animation is for adults and 20-somethings and kids with... Uh, more adult-oriented TV shows, and kids' TV shows, and little kids' TV shows, and Sausage Party from Seth Rogen coming this summer to movie theater, maybe near you. Depends where you live. I'm sure it'll be near somebody. Yeah. In so, the long run. In the long run. <laughs> so that's our trajectory of viewership tastes, or... TVT. So... We haven't done a thing in a while, so we needed a thing. We needed a thing. Um, now... There was some censorship early on 
about this, um, I, but I think this has to do with more movies in general and not just animation, but actually Walt Disney um, was censored with his short Alice Solves the Puzzle, which was too controversial in 1925 uh, because they subverted um, prohibition. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's, that's controversial. So that's just going too far. Mr. Disney, you know, Walt, Walt, if you will, if you will, Walter Elias Disney, you've gone too far, sir, with this animation about a little girl in Wonderland. So is it that Alice? I thought it was a different Alice. No, it's, it's a different Alice kind of, but <laughs> it's, but the fact that Disney is the first person to get, um, censored mm -hmm. <laughs> in animation, um, as we know it says a lot i think mm -hmm. we're pushing the bar and <laughs> the bar is set ridiculously low yes um and because of also betty boop and the sexualized nature of ms boop and her boop. <laughs> and her uh figure um we get in 1930s the motion picture production code or the haze code where they list out some don'ts, <laughs> this is true, quote, don'ts and be carefuls. Mm -hmm. So things that you absolutely cannot show on screen and things that you just, just want to tread lightly around. We can't say everything that you can't show on screen because some of those things may still be true. Yeah, go. you can go and check it out online. We'll have links to a lot of this. Um, we have lots of links, so you can go out and read about these things. You adults that we're talking to, since all the kids are not around, mm -hmm. go check this out. Um, it is not safe for work in a lot of cases. Yes, don't watch any, any short clips of anything animation-wise we're talking about today. At work. At work. Maybe um, even at home. <laughs> in the park. Well, don't so, do that. That's a bad idea, too. <laughs> just stop. Uh, <laughs> so you can check out the full list of the don'ts and be careful because they are... Um, it's really funny because we talk about political correctness now. And this is like... This, this puts us to shame. Like, mm -hmm. Only thing about political correctness now is don't be... Don't be rude for the sake of being rude. Be sensitive to people. This is actually saying the things that... Um, and not to say that all these are justified. Some of them are ridiculous. No. They, some of them are very ridiculous. If I may read my favorite don't. Go ahead. Um, which is one we haven't talked about. But specifically, you can't, according to the Hays Code, portray any white slavery. Specifically white slavery. Everything else is okay. But no white slavery. What, my favorite... <laughs> This is scenes of actual childbirth, in <laughs> fact, or in silhouette. No implied birthing. <laughs> no childbirth. There are no children born. Do not do that. Because <laughs> they just appear. <laughs> it's just like, what? Is this where we get the stork from? Possibly. Mm. That's why we have so much of the stork. <laughs> so much stork all the time. And then to be careful of things like... Um, Use of flags. Cruelty to children and animals. Just be careful about that. Mm -hmm. um, be careful of, you know, different ways of portraying smuggling or committing murder. <laughs> Just be careful about how you do those things. 
Um, it's just really interesting. A lot of it has to do with violence. Be careful about violence. Mm-hmm. Be a little bit careful about international relations. Just be careful on that. Which Disney definitely followed to the letter with their Donald Drunk, Donald Drunk, Donald Duck in Nazi Germany short. Yeah, and um, Looney Tunes as well in their uh, uh, snafu shorts, mm. which were a little crazy. But those went directly to the military, so they weren't actually shown for public consumption. Yeah, it's it's kind of like making technology for the military. It's not like set to public standards. It's okay. You can do whatever you want in that. There's no censorship. Yeah, and also, also you can't show a man and a woman in bed together. Cough, cough, the Flintstones, cough, cough, looking at you. Yeah, well, the Flintstones, further on down the line, were able to be shown, so... Yeah. Well, they were the first couple in bed together on TV. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Take that, Ace Code. <laughs> yeah. Even the Stone Age is more progressive <laughs> than the 1930s. Wow. Oh. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the joy of the 70s and 80s, because there's some good stuff in there, including things we've talked about before. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? 1988. Mm-hmm. That's in our, that's in our realm. Yeah. We can talk Roger Rabbit for the umpteenth time. <laughs> um, uh, one of... I, I've written down a quote. I think Ralph Bakshi is one of the, the driving forces behind this shift of returning to adult animation in the early 70s. Reclaiming um, animation for Yeah. And saying adults. it's not just for kids, but this one specifically for adults. So like, before animation was just animation, now we've defined it as kid animation or adult animation. Right. And... Um, Bakshi was quoted as saying that grown men sitting in cubicles drawing butterflies floating over a field of flowers while American planes are dropping bombs in Vietnam and kids are marching in the streets is ludicrous. And so Bakshi, kind of very politically motivated, has gone from like being an animator and being happy with that to like not wanting to draw butterflies and flowers and happiness when the world around him was so bad. And in a lot of ways, animation doing fairy tales or other things like that um, just wasn't representing the world as it was in the 70s. Mm-hmm. The reality that they were living in did not match the stories that the larger studios were telling. But I think there's also a sense of escapism that people want to escape from reality, so they're digging into these family things and trying to say, like, the real world is hard enough. I want escape mm-hmm. i want this <laughs> i want disney in the 70s which was confusing because at least <laughs> disney in the 70s um we're post walt in the 70s right now so a lot of people don't know what's happening even disney doesn't know what disney is at that point it was the time for other people to come into the field and do new things right which we see a surprising amount of um if you've never seen it and you are probably 21 plus, um, watch Fritz the Cat 1972. If you want. If you want. You don't have to. I recommend it. It's the, <laughs> the Holden Caulfield of animation is what Fritz the Cat is. <laughs> it is the first um, animated movie with an X rating. Mm-hmm. For good measure. For good reason, I should say. For good reason. For very good reason. Lots and lots of good reason. 
Uh, and I did not verify this, but I believe it is still the highest grossing independent animated movie of all time. Hmm. Food for Thought. Food for Thought. X-rated and highest grossing. Hmm. Uh, but Fritz the Cat is all about a the life of a disjointed, kind of privileged young poet cat who drops out of school. I was waiting for the cat in the, the sentence because it was going to make it ridiculous when you said the word cat. So I, I was I was waiting for how many for things you said and then added the word cat. Cat. Poet cat. Um, he is a, a poet cat who drops out of college to experience real life, comma, man. <laughs> And see what it's like in, in New the York, city. comma New York. Yeah, in the seventies, uh, which is why I like in this to Catcher in the Rye and Fritz the Cat is the Holden Caulfield of animation. Um, he's he's two droppings of the word phony away from being a literary character, <laughs> and this is something that I think has been relatively dropped from our cultural knowledge. Fritz um, the Cat. Fritz the itself. Cat. It's still there. It's still there, but you have to know what it is. You can't go up on the street and be like, hey, do you remember Fritz the Cat? No one knows Fritz the Cat. Yeah, yeah no. No. Um, but it is a cultural landmark moment. This is Bakshi's first major success, which leads him into many other things and many controversial things as he gets more and more creative freedom and realizes that perhaps by trying to write about, um, as a, a non-black person trying to write about racism and reclaiming that, maybe that would make him come off as racist. <laughs> Just a little denounce. bit. Just a little bit. Just because all the black people in Fritz the Cat are crows. I mean, they also, oh, never mind. <laughs> I was going to make a Dumbo reference as well, but I, I wanted to leave Dumbo out of it. It's partly playing off that. And Fritz the Cat is based on the R. Crumb comic book as well. Right. There is a comic book. Yeah. So it's not something that Bakshi is coming out of and pulling it together out of his his own imagination. It's a it's an adaptation. Mm -hmm. And very interesting. It's very surreal. It, it also reminds me surreal. a lot of like the um this is a weird comparison, but the Winnie the Pooh, the Heffalump dream sequence, it reminds me of that sometimes. <laughs> okay. Because the one thing that animation has going for it is the ability to do and go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And create juxtaposition and travel between different worlds and swirl in different ways you have total control of the image mm -hmm. you have total what control of the image how that works and how long it works and yeah uh what it's what it's actually doing and and how it represents color and light and everything at you at the viewer <laughs> at you at you <laughs> boom 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 yeah, it's coming Fritz, Fritz the Cat. It, it looks like the 70s. Yeah. In every way possible. Mm -hmm. Including how many cats there were in college at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of dropouts. A lot, of, a lot of cat dropouts from college in the 70s. Not cat droppings, cat dropouts. Correct. Big difference. It is a big difference. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think in, in the 70s, what you're getting is a reaction and that's what what you're getting is the reaction to the work that's being done the world as we were saying but it's a reactive thing and mm. that's how adult animation is is priding itself and putting itself out there as a reaction against the world that they're in and the things that aren't being represented in the world 
So in order to be a reaction, it's a pretty forceful, big statement that they're trying to make with it. It's the exact opposite of everything that we've seen in cartoons for the last 30 years before this. And the fact that they're claiming anthropomorphic animals mm -hmm. for the use of <laughs> this statement that they're trying to make just makes it even the more... They're not telling. trying to tell an adult story with people. Right. They're embracing the craziness. Of what animation can do and bring. Mm -hmm. And we get other things. And I think they allow for experimentation a lot more. So you get things like Wizards. Another Bakshi movie. You get uh, Watership Down. You get Heavy Metal as we start getting into the 80s. Which I've not seen heavy metal, nor have I heard much about it before now. But I'm completely into the idea, and I'm probably going to go watch it after this. I saw heavy metal, as I imagine most kids did, <laughs> um, by accident <laughs> when you weren't supposed to. Um, way back when I was a kid, I would wake up early and... Um, get ready for Saturday morning cartoons. It was the one thing that would wake me up and get me going, was knowing that Saturday morning cartoons were going. Usually I'd wake up around 4, 4.30, maybe 5, um, if I slept in, 5.30. But generally what would happen is at these times, at 4 a.m. and 5 a.m., HBO and Cinemax and all these other places would be playing non-kid friendly stuff <laughs> because who would have a kid awake at 5 a.m they figure there's a big change between 5 a.m and 6 a.m when the cartoons start um so at 5 a.m you have things like heavy metal playing the original adult swim is what i'm hearing right now. yeah the adult original adult swim is 5 a.m because mm -hmm. i guess they were doing it for late night in you know, California or something. And then you were getting, getting it at 5 a.m. So I watched it and um, I was really confused by it, mostly because I recognized John Candy's voice and didn't understand what was going on with this alien. And there was nudity and it was just strange. Like I, I could not comprehend what was happening story-wise. Because um, I also came in watching it like uh, maybe about 20 minutes in. Mm -hmm. So I've, um, one thing about heavy metal is it's very episodic. So it's this short story and then this short story. But I didn't know that. So I thought I had missed something. <laughs> but really I caught the beginning of the John Candy character story. Where he's blue or something. Um, <laughs> went from being a nerd to being a really muscular blue person for some reason. I don't know, like Dr. Manhattan-esque kind of character thing. It is very cloudy because of my childhood brain. Um, I did watch part of it again um, as an adult and it was like, oh, that's what was going on. Okay, that makes, that makes sense. But mm -hmm. as a child, you're just seeing these things that... Um, Cartoons aren't supposed to have. Yeah. You know, a cartoon's not supposed to have 
this heavy metal music. A cartoon is not supposed to have nudity. Nudity. It's not supposed to have this language. It's not supposed to tell a story like this. It's not supposed to have this violence. And so, as a child, thinking, and I think children think more genre-wise, that animation as a genre, as opposed to animation as a tool, if it's animated, it's okay to watch. <laughs> yeah. Like, it has to be safe, because it's cartoons. Yeah. Right? And as we are learning, as we are learning, so that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Although we do see a lot of these animators also, as you mentioned, some of these titles bridging into not necessarily adult stuff, but just scary, but safe for kids stuff. Watership Down. Right. Um, Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings. Yes, there was a Lord of the Rings movie before the 2000s. Right. Yes, there was. <laughs> it did exist. <laughs> and was repressed by everybody. <laughs> um, you also were getting in the 80s things like um, Don Bluth, Mm -hmm. with his studio i wouldn't classify it necessarily as adult but as we talk about things where animation in a more independent state than let's say disney so don bluth bringing a more independent vein to it with things like secret of nim where you get really scary imagery and cartoons can be almost near horror so you can have really scary sequences and scar children and you know yeah seeing like moments in my head right now that's just oh my gosh she's like trapped in this birdcage thing and her arm gets cut and she's bleeding and she can't escape and she oh gosh we kind of get to this point in the 80s where it's like violence is okay for kids right because it's animated so hopefully they're like let's hope that people can disconnect enough that this is animated, so it's okay. But I think that children don't have that in their brains to disconnect that this isn't real. Yeah. Like, yeah, go. Oh, I was going to say, because I know for my son Jack, being three, almost four, yeah, his brain doesn't disconnect that these are fake things versus real things. You know, especially when you can go to an amusement park and meet these people, mm -hmm. you know, meet it's these characters. The double-edged sword of merchandising. Exactly. It's like, I. <laughs> it has to be real because I have my picture with him. Yeah. Explain that. <laughs> I have explored with Dora. Explain You can't tell that. me she's not real. <laughs> I demand satisfaction. <laughs> I demand answers. <laughs> uh, but with this violence, we also get kind of the, the way pay for like anime to make it to the United States in the 80s. And True. It was it was the window. The window happened there, I think. At the eighties, the eighties yeah. point was letting letting people in. Yeah, we said the magic words, and that allowed with our crazy rock music in the eighties. <laughs> with we that, just, that darn rock music, we just opened the door to to different things. That's the door opener. Um, I, I guess I remember being seeing something like Roger Rabbit, which. To our standards right now is pretty tame in terms of its mm -hmm. adultness. Um, 1988, I remember seeing it and being confused that cartoons could say bad words, <laughs> and they mm. weren't really bad words. <laughs> they it wasn't weren't that bad. Um, There's some dams in there. Yeah, yeah. There was uh, 
the the three letter word for a behind. Oh, who? Yeah. Who? The word wise followed by that word. Oh, got it. Okay. So it wasn't even in context of what the word means. No, it <sighs> wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it was, and it was this gorilla saying it. And I remember oh, just yeah. being shocked by that. Like, what? A cartoon character? The gorilla said the bad word. What? What is happening? I clutched my nine-year-old pearls. <laughs> it was, what is happening in this? Not the pearls were nine years old. Correct. I was. Chris, as a nine-year-old, had pearls. Metaphorically. <laughs> I had pearls, and uh, they were clutched. Not really the 80s, but something I haven't seen and kind of want to see in context now. It's also Ralph Bakshi's Cool World. Yeah. Which is sounds like someone wanted to monetize on Roger Rabbit without owning any of the rights to Roger Rabbit. I I saw Cool World um, and it was bridging together it it was a reaction to Roger Rabbit while bringing in the tools of the 70s mm -hmm. but none of the storytelling that Roger Rabbit had. <laughs> so None of the storytelling or technology to it, but like the bizarre 70s-ish, it felt very much not a part of the time that it was made. Mm. That's That was the main thing that I got from, uh, from Cool World was it didn't feel like it was made at that time. It felt really early. Um, Brad Pitt wasn't very good in it. Brad Pitt was in it? Yeah, Kim Basinger was in it. Ooh. Um, as, yeah, it doesn't feel like a 90s as movie. As Hollywood, what's her name? W-O-U-L-D. Hollywood. Yeah. I'm making a face. Yeah, you are making a face. It was, it, it was an interesting film. Um, I've seen it. I saw it one time trying to like it. Because I was like, oh, look, it's like Roger Rabbit. Let's see what these people do. Mm -hmm. And then I saw it again, like, maybe I was too hard on it last time. <laughs> I wasn't too hard on it last time. I was not. <laughs> um, because they have, they have a scene that's very much like Bob Hoskins going into Toontown. Mm -hmm. And what they did, and what it, it made you think that Bob Hoskins was actually in a cartoon world as opposed to Brad Pitt walking around and it looks like he's walking next to 2D painted standees. And it's like, okay, what are you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> like you could tell that somebody just painted on a, you know, flat and it doesn't have that same world building because mm -hmm. that's not what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Roger Rabbit was creating the world and making that world operate as much as it could while telling an adult story, essentially Chinatown with cartoon characters. And yeah. Cool, cool world was, it, it tried to be about something. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what, um, where where do you see influences of these things we were talking about now as well? I think we're getting back into an arena of things being blurred. Mm -hmm. The line between what's a, um, 
what's for kids and what's for an adult is being really, really blurred right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of it has come from TV. Yeah, there's a very much like a, the, the 20-something TV show right now. So The Late Nights, the so, BoJack Horsemans. Right. I think TV, especially the big one, I think late 80s, <laughs> 90s TV show, The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. I think that changed animation and blurred the line because for a while, The Simpsons was as far as you could take it. There were a lot of people offended when it came out. Right. They're like, oh my gosh, they've gone too far. We found the border. Like, we found the border between adult and child animation. Like, they're right there on the line, and you can't cross it. And then we had things like Beavis and Butthead and The Critic and other things that were going past The Simpsons and taking what The Simpsons had laid down and saying, that's not the limit. Mm -hmm. We can go even further with this stuff. And then South Park took it to ludicrous speed. (laughs) They went plaid. They went plaid. And I think it's literally <laughs> there are some things that have gone plaid since then, but <laughs> there are more plaid moments. Yeah, South Park <clears> is, <throat> continues to go plaid. I so. think for me, what we're seeing now is people trying to make animation. For in some cases, the first time, and they're trying to react in the same way that people in the '70s reacted, but without knowing the history and where things came from. There was a whole um, the makers of Anomalisa talking about how they were surprised that people looked down on their movie for being animated at the Oscars. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, this is news to you as, air quote, serious filmmakers, but everyone who's made animation before knows that you're looked down upon. Yeah. And they're making this adult animated movie about that. And we have Sausage Party from Seth Rogen coming out. As if it's the first time that this kind of movie has been made, you know? it's yeah. a, They're reacting... Um, to Toy Story, that's what's what they keep re- saying that it's like. Uh, it's like Toy Story, but adult. And it's like you're reacting against 1995. Yeah, that's what you're like. That's what you're reacting to to something that's 20 years old. Because if you're reacting to the things that are more adult right now, then you're really not. Yeah, like how I know Sausage Party isn't that much of an adult movie is because the trailers were running on TV. Right. Like, you wouldn't see... I mean, I haven't researched to verify, but I don't think you'd really see a trailer for Fritz the Cat on TV in the 70s. No, probably not. <laughs> you just I have to know to go see it and what it is. Right. Right. So, I think there's that. It's it's mass-marketed. They're calling it an adult thing, but they're really trying to also get 13-year-olds. Mm-hmm. 13-year-olds with not much parental supervision. Right. Yeah. I, that's Which what is how you saw heavy metal, to be fair. Right. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone gets fair. there accidentally at some point. Yeah. But we kind of, for so long, we've kind of not talked about it, and the, these adult animation hasn't been in pop culture, and so maybe things like Sausage Party will be the things that stick around, because it's more acceptable to have an adult animated feature now. And maybe we can broaden the stories that we're telling. I mean, even Disney is starting to be more, and I would say, instead of adult, I would say mature. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's a difference between a mature movie and adult movie. But having a more 
matured take in the storytelling. So it's not so simple. Mm -hmm. Things are messier. Things are complicated. Things are complex. Things are interesting in that way. So it's mature. You know, it's like yeah. Because an example I brought up that Chris refuses to watch. Go ahead. And, uh, I know he's already mad. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. There's nothing in here specifically that is like too mature for kids. Um, but the themes of the movie and kind of the problems they deal with are more mature. adult to understand. Yeah. Like you, you have to be a little bit older to really get the movie. It's not like Watership Down where it's scary for a kid and you can get stuff out of it when you're older as well. I don't think you get much out of Fantastic Mr. Fox as a kid. Right. Um, I think also with something like Inside Out, which is kids can understand it, but also parents having their own understanding of things can get something out of it too. Mm -hmm. So there's something like WALL-E and other things like that where, yeah, kids can enjoy it because there's nothing that prevents them from watching it. There's no crazy language. Um, I mean, does what, what turns it at adult? Is it theme? Is it language? Is it nudity? Is it... You know, a, a Molotov cocktail of all these things that create, you know, the the um, the adult animation, mm -hmm. or is it is it or is it can it be mature and thematically and story wise? Yeah, there's, there's reactionary adult and thematically adult. Because we we talked about um, in our of McStuffins and Puffins episode which we'll put a link to, where he talked specifically about animation for children. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking about the other side. It's, and it's like, what considerations are you making when you're writing for, quote, adults? Mm -hmm. When you're writing for yourself, essentially. And I think there are parts when you're writing for, for kids that you're censoring. So what do we do when there's no censor, there's no... Hayes code, there's no anything like that. It's like, look, if you don't have to worry about making things accessible for everybody, what can you create? Mm -hmm. And are you throwing in dirty words for the sake of dirty words or because they add plot? Right. Are you throwing in an image for the sake of the story or are you doing it just to poke and provoke? And if that's what you're trying to do, if you're trying... If your goal is to provoke, which I think we're kind of past that a little bit. I, I think I we're know. coming. I we're think coming. people are trying to provoke who haven't seen the provoking stuff in the past. Right. And provoking, there's no judgment on provoking. It can no. be done well. If you can't tell, I'm a big fan of Fritz the Cat. And there's <laughs> definitely some, pun intended, provocative images in there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that tell the story well. So I, I think it's a little bit of what's your, what are your goals behind what you're creating and how are you using the animated world that you're creating to tell that story better. Mm -hmm. So I would consider uh, Zootopia a mature movie. I wouldn't yeah. call it adult but I would call it mature. Yeah. Not like thematically. A, thematically. I don't think a, not like 
you know, Game of Thrones gets a mature rating on HBO. <laughs> New. But New. I, I mean, in the actual sense of being, something being mature. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a movie for adults you can take your kids to versus a kid's movie that parents will get something out of. Right. And how are you directing that? Are you trying to... Are you hiding jokes in there for the parents? So, or are you hiding jokes for kids? Or are you hiding jokes for kids? Right. What is... What's the meat? What are the vegetables? And what's the dessert? And this dinner metaphor that I just I, I don't know what this said. Dinner, I don't know what your metaphor means. Well, what I'm trying to say <laughs> is, what's the meat of the story? So we were talking about, you know, is it is it for adults? So mm. is it an adult sized meal? <laughs> and and now you have like is uh, it movie theater McDonald's. Ice, I'm just trying to say. Adults want Happy Meal toys, too. <laughs> and I think if they had those, that would be great. So is it a, is it a, you know, a good adult meal with a Happy Meal toy? Or is it a kid's meal and somehow they've, like, snuck in? Like, In conclusion, tweet at McDonald's to include toys in all meals, whether or not they're happy or sad. <laughs> right, adulthood meal, a sad meal. Yeah, I'm, so I'm saying in parentheses, sad. <laughs> yes, I like an adult meal. You mean a sad meal? Yes. yes. Give me a sad meal. All of it. All of it. Extra despair, please. <laughs> oh, and could you supersize the? What have I done with my life? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take two straws for that. Thank you. I need to really choke it down. Do you have a favorite thing that we've talked about today? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> not saying that I don't have a favorite thing. In researching this, and like I said, we're going to put the show notes out there so you can take a look at all the links and, and make your own judgments and go through a couple things. But it's just re- just living with that question of who is animation for? And mm-hmm. I think each movie has to each movie, each TV show has to ask that of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think things that are going right now, things that are playing right now, things like Bojack Horseman that are on right now that are adult in nature and mature in theme, are they doing things just to be dirty or are they doing things because it serves what they're trying to do? Mm-hmm. And that's why Bojack Horseman works so well is because Everything they do, every choice they make is story and character. Mm-hmm. Even though it is more mature and, you know, more adult in nature, it's they're not doing something just to feel like a kid getting there, getting, you know, sneaking something in. It's like, a, are you a naughty 13-year-old making your film or are you an adult making your film? Mm-hmm. That's... That's what you have to decide. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, or are you on drugs making your film? Yeah. Which in the case of Wizards, <laughs> which I also love. <laughs> in a different way. So what's your favorite thing? Um I don't know if I have a specifically favorite thing. I really enjoy the political nature of Bakshi's quote about why he chose to move into adult animation. 
to actually say something with his animation because yeah. to do the same old stuff with the world being as changed as it was was not a yeah was not an option yeah thank you for saying my favorite thing sorry i didn't mean to <laughs> i did kind of steamroll over that i'm sorry that's fine <laughs> um, let's do homework time which is the exact opposite of today's show right <laughs> exact homework time for homework time we're going to be talking about straight to video sequels of disney movies of disney movies so for next time check out lion king 2 simba's pride not no, lion king one and a half no not lion king Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. I think they're playing with the word pride there. <gasps> Possibly. Um, and Cinderella 3. Yes. Cinderella Part 3. Not 2. A Twist in Time. Mm -hmm. I don't believe you need to know what happened in Cinderella 2. Nor, for Mackenzie, even what happened specifically in Cinderella 1. <laughs> Already making fun of me for this? <laughs> So, just because I'm a co-host of a podcast about animation that I haven't seen Cinderella, come on. <laughs> Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time, Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. We look forward to checking it out. As always, thank you to our engineer, Nigel Catino, Jacob Reed for our wonderful theme music. Catch us on the web, on Twitter, at WG Animated, on Facebook, facebook.com slash WG Animated, and find all of our show notes and the links to all the great stuff to read and research at writersgetanimated.tumblr.com. I can't think of any appropriate closing remark. Goodness. Yeah. I almost want to say, like, a curse word or something. You know, just go f*** yourself, everybody. Go f*** your f dog and f*** your a Jeez. <laughs> Open your a and f*** your a <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs>